Welcome to Central Line, Leadership in Healthcare, the show that shares stories, experiences, and advice from notable and innovative leaders in healthcare. Let's get started with your host, Leah Witchick. Michelle Troseth and Tracy Christofferson have been interprofessional leaders, friends, and colleagues for over 30 years. They are co-hosts of a top healthcare leadership podcast, Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Michelle and Tracy have a combined experience of more than 60 years working as consultants and coaches for healthcare organizations across North America, supporting healthcare leaders as they strive to create healthy, healing work cultures. They frequently speak at national and international leadership conferences on the topics of managing healthcare polarities, achieving work-life balance, and living a resilient life. Missing Logic was recently featured on CNBC for their work with healthcare organizations and their Healthy Healing Organization, H2O, framework. Michelle and Tracy have also developed the Dynamic Balance Effect, DBE framework, to help healthcare leaders experience joy, live with an intention, and be their best self at work and at home. The DBE framework provides the foundation for their numerous healthcare leader group coaching programs. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you both? Fabulous. Doing great. (laughs) Wonderful. I love the enthusiasm. Um, Thank you so much for being here at Central Line Leadership and Healthcare. I have been really excited to talk with you because I love your story around the two of you and how you came to be. And also, I'm really interested in learning more about the work that you're doing and what you're seeing, particularly in healthcare and leadership right now with pandemic. Uh, As we all know, it's ever present with everything we're doing right now. So um, why don't we just jump in? And I would love to hear about your story. How did the two of you meet and and how did you come come to this lovely friendship that you have? (laughs) Yeah, well, that would probably be divine intervention. <laughs> Along the way, uh, Tracy and I, we have known each other for 35 years. Wow. And uh, we have worked together at the point of care. Um, we have worked together for global companies. And um, we have become best friends uh, through all of those years. And so we started doing legacy planning years before we started our company today, Missing Logic. And it's just been a magical relationship. And we're finding that people are really enjoying having two coaches and two leaders to help them live more resilient and balanced lives. And so that's our core focus today. And I'll let Tracy tell you how we first met. Sure. Yeah. So Michelle and I met at hospital orientation and we were in a very large auditorium and there were, I don't know, maybe a hundred people or more there. And uh, they did that kind of stand up and shake the hand of the person behind you. And Mm -hmm. that was me. And uh, so we like to say we've been shaking hands ever since (laughs) we worked together as colleagues at the bedside, caring for patients. And then as we became leaders and we grew up together as leaders, I'm a respiratory therapist and Michelle's a nurse. So we were uh, just a logical pairing. And, uh, and then we had a great mentor that we worked with in the hospital and continued on our, our leadership journey out into, uh, you know, global healthcare companies. So. 
Wonderful. Well, and Michelle, uh, I'll start with you. What drew you to nursing? Oh, I love telling this story, Leah. Thank you for asking. Um, I actually had no intention of being a nurse. I was pulled out of a high school classroom when I was a junior by a counselor. And he said, Michelle, we have this great co-op nurses aid program. And you're one of three students in our high school that we've selected to do it. And the very first words out of my mouth were, I don't want to be a nurse. And um, <laughs> I, I really had no idea about what the nursing profession was really about. I didn't have any nurses in my family, so I didn't have any role models other than what I saw on TV and greeting cards. So I was like clueless. But he really encouraged me to think about it and take advantage of the opportunity. And so I went home and talked to my parents and started uh, in high school as a co-op nurse's aide. And it did not take me long at all to just be amazed at what nurses did, the significant role that they had. And I um, applied for a bachelor's school of nursing right after I graduated from high school. So that's how I got my start. I say it's, again, divine intervention. Yeah, that's amazing because so often what I hear is people have a family history of being in healthcare. I mean, that's true of me. My mom was and is a nurse. So that's so interesting that that was not even on your radar. And yet it sounds like you fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. I sure did. Wow. And so Tracy, how about you for becoming a respiratory therapist? What was your driver for Well, I, um, like Michelle didn't have, I didn't even know respiratory therapist existed when I got introduced (laughs) to them. Um, I had a very, very dear friend who was in a really significant car accident Mm. and she was, um, on a ventilator in a coma for a number of months. And, um, so I would spend quite a bit of time at her bedside and that's how I got introduced to respiratory therapy. And uh, I was uh, at that time, I was a single parent and I was really searching for my career. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, and so as I was watching them, I really thought, wow, that I did something I could do. <laughs> and uh, so I checked it out and signed up and that was it. And I oh, did. Wow. I fell in love with it as well. Yeah. Also incredible. I love to hear stories of how people have that firsthand experience and that has drawn them into, uh, into healthcare. Uh, and I can really tell the passion both of you have for the work that you do. Um, it's, it's really admirable. So I'm curious to hear a bit more. So we've gotten to the point where your friends, you're you're working together. What kind of things did you get involved in when you were working frontline? Well, when we first started working frontline together, we worked in critical care together. <clears throat> and so we started collaborating. We we like to say we were doing interprofessional care before interprofessional care was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so this this was back, you know, this was back in the late 80s, early 90s. And Tracy and I, uh, we actually started um, interprofessional rounds with physicians, pharmacists, nurses, respiratory therapists. We uh, were strong leaders of interprofessional partnership councils and did a lot of work throughout the healthcare system on developing those. And uh, we were actively working together to develop evidence-based tools so that every discipline can practice at their full scope of practice. And of course, the whole time building our leadership skills as well. 
So we, we took on some, we took on some tough issues at the very beginning of changing practice, how we always did things, but we did it through partnership Mm -hmm. and we did it through always of what was best, what was best for the patients and what was best for those that delivered care. And uh, yeah, so we partnered early on on some pretty amazing things. That's amazing. And one thing we haven't mentioned yet is where you both are located. So if you don't mind just sharing where that is, just so people have a sense of where you are in the world and and where you've been doing this work. Yeah, sure. Well, this is Tracy. So I live in northern Michigan in a small resort town called Boyne City. And uh, yeah, I've lived here for a number of years now, and that's about three hours north of Michelle. Okay. Yeah. And I live, I live uh, in the lower half of West Michigan. I live near Grand Rapids and close to Lake Michigan and Tracy and I are both water girls. So we like our West Michigan summers. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. And we've really worked with organizations all across the United States and in Canada as well, primarily North America. We've done a lot of work. Okay. So I'm curious then because you have done so much Uh, work across the U.S. and Canada. What have you noticed around the differences between the two countries? Well, that's a great question. (laughs) Um, You know, when it comes down to it, so you notice things different, I would say for me, more um, physically and environmental, just the words are a little bit different. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? The environments might look a little bit different, but what we always found is when it came down to practice, it's all the same, right? When you really think about how we deliver patient care, we found that our colleagues up north were dealing with the same challenges that we were dealing with in the States. And so there really wasn't that much of a difference in the end. Would you agree, Tracy? Oh, yeah, totally. I totally agree. You know, the, the faces look different as far as, you know, who's leading the challenges but the challenges are the same and the desires are the same. We all shared that common desire, right? To give the very best care in the very best places and to make sure clinicians had what they needed and that the patients you know, were safe and the families were cared for along with the patients. We all had that same kind of common shared purpose and desire along with sharing the same challenges of making that happen. Mm-hmm. I always love to hear that around the shared purpose because it is it is common across the world. And I think now more so than ever, we see that as people are working in really stressful environments with COVID. Um, currently, our province of Alberta is really struggling with COVID and uh, surge spaces have been opened up in ICU and, and everybody's maxed out. And yet, people still go to work and they still give their all and show up every day. And I think that really is a reflection of that shared purpose. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. So you now uh, started Missing Logic, which is what you're doing now. Tell us about that. Sure. Uh, Well, this is Michelle and um, Missing Logic was destined to be born. Um, Tracy and I, while we were doing in the field work, we um, began to realize that we really had something in the two of us that we wanted to take out and bring to healthcare. And it, uh, that, so in 2017, we left our corporate roles. And it was just perfect timing. Tracy was starting a PhD program. I was assuming a president's role for the National Academies of Practice. And so it gave us time to really reflect what have we learned these last 20 years? 
and what really is missing in uh, in healthcare right now. And so we have taken this time. Um, you know, we started missing logic before COVID, but certainly since the COVID pandemic has started, we've been very intentionally focused on leaders. We're very concerned about leaders. And we've uh, created a framework called the Dynamic Balance Effect Framework. And we work with healthcare leaders on helping them really look at their own personal life and their leadership and what they really need to do to be strong for themselves so they can be strong for their teams. And what would you say was the main driver for it. Now, you mentioned that it was kind of perfect timing, um, but what was the intent behind doing it? Well, I would say um, when we kind of did that pause, you know, we knew we had greatness in us, Leah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we really, we had, oh, probably 25, 26 years of experience working in the field with all kinds of leaders, all across, you know, North America, as we said. And so we were like, what does healthcare need the most? And one of the things that we realized, and we had realized this in our previous work, was that leaders all face the same challenges, as we mentioned, but they were repetitive challenges. So they were facing them over and over and over. And in our work, what we realized is what they were trying to do was to solve these challenges, you know, like they were problems because that's what leaders do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They solve problems, right? They're always looking for that right solution. And what we recognized through our work is that these challenges weren't problems that could be solved. They were actually something that's called a polarity and that they really needed to be leveraged and managed. And so we recognize that leaders really all across the world face these challenges and they don't have the logic that they need to address them and to manage them as a polarity that they often are. And so that thus is the name of our business, Missing Logic. Mm. Beautiful. I love the inspiration and also the confidence both of you had that you weren't done. There was much more to come. And so your comments about polarities really resonate with me. Um, I'm curious if you could share for those who maybe aren't familiar with the term polarities, what is that all about? Sure. Uh, Well, polarities are interdependent pairs of values or perspectives or points of view. Um, Oftentimes, they're seen as being opposite or competitive or contradictory, but they actually need each other over time to achieve a purpose that neither one of them will be able to achieve alone. And it's that interdependent relationship that is the key piece here. So a really um, easy way to kind of share this with you is there's a polarity our body manages for us every day, all day, and that's inhaling and exhaling. So when you think about it, our greater purpose, right, in inhaling and exhaling is to live. If we only inhale, we're going to die. And if we only exhale, we're going to die, right? We don't have any Mm -hmm. other choice. So we need to reap the benefits of oxygen and reap the benefits of exhaling that carbon dioxide in order to sustain our life. And so our body just does this for us naturally. And there's a tension between the two, right? But it's automatically managed. So we ever really feel that tension unless something's not working. Right. And then Mm -hmm. here comes your respiratory therapist to the rescue. (laughs) (laughs) I've had many respiratory therapists come to my rescue. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So it's that dynamic balance between the two always kind of, you know, that, that breathing in and breathing out and we don't have to think about it, but all polarities work that way as well. And that's, what's magic, right? They all work the same way. And once you understand how a polarity works, you can manage or leverage any polarity that, that exists. Um, and they all have to be intentionally managed because inhaling and exhaling is the only one that's done for us. <laughs> so we all, we have to be vigilant and mindful and be able to identify them and leverage them. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great example and really provides a lot of clarity around what polarities are. I'm curious to know, and is there a specific example you can think of that you're seeing right now in healthcare around a polarity? Well, one that we're working with with leaders right now is managing their professional life and their personal life. And it's been very challenging because of the COVID pandemic. They've had to put so much energy into their professional life. And what we've seen, the pattern that Tracy and I have seen is they want to be there for their teams. Um, They feel, um, one leader said, I'm just highly accountable now. I I just, the accountability they feel is intense. And um, so they're, they're really suffering some of the negative consequences of not putting themselves first, not taking that time to put their own oxygen mask on first. And they're starting to burn out. And that is a very big concern. Um, So that's one polarity that we work with every day, both ourselves personally, we manage our own personal mm-hmm. and professional life polarity, but and helping leaders um, manage theirs as well. Mm-hmm. That's such a great example. And it, it's so relevant and timely. And what I will share is just last Friday, I sat on a panel for the Canadian College of Health Leaders, the Southern Alberta chapter. And the title of the panel was putting on our own oxygen masks first. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that whole discussion around how do we take care of ourselves so that we can better serve others is is relevant at the best of times. And just, of course, heightened tenfold right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that looks different for different people as well. Um, Putting on your own oxygen mask, it looks different for for each person. Well, I was just also going to share that um, I'm really glad that those conversations are happening um, mm-hmm. from a leader perspective. Uh, and also, um, the American Organization of Nurse Leaders did a longitudinal study of nurse leaders here in the States on the impact of COVID. And they just uh, published their report last month. But emotional health is declining amongst Mm -hmm. nurse leaders in the States um, with 25% of nurse leaders reporting being not emotionally healthy. So again, it's just one more piece of important data coming out that we really do need to pay attention to the health and well-being of the leaders. Absolutely. I often have a lot of concern around people leaving the profession as a result of not getting the support that they need right now for that emotional health. And of course, there are extensive long-term effects that would occur um, if that were to happen. Now, I want to hear more about the dynamic balance effect framework. But before I go there, um, I'd like to hear more about what have you learned about leadership along the way? What have been some of your personal experiences? Well, I would say it's personal. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would say one of my greatest lessons in leadership is it really does start with you. And a lot of that is how you see yourself as a leader, how you're being a leader. And, um, you know, I think we've, Tracy and I both have been blessed with some great mentors. And um, that's been really um, significant uh, for, I know I could speak for myself, for me. Um, and it's really defining who you want to be as your leader. Like what, what is your, you know, what is your personal brand as a leader? And so I think that's really an important first step. And then to surround yourself with other great leaders is something else that has been very valuable to me. So Tracy, I'm going to come to you and uh, hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I'm glad you asked it. I think like Michelle, you know, it is about kind of making a conscious choice around what kind of leader you want to be. But I think it's also recognizing we've been indoctrinated with different beliefs about what a leader does and how they Mm -hmm. behave and who they are. And I think especially right now, that's one of the big lessons that we're having is that, you know, we've been indoctrinated into sacrifice, be the servant leader, give to everybody, right? Make sure everybody else has what they need. And back to your point, Lee, about putting the oxygen mask on, right? Mm-hmm. We're always so busy taking care of everybody else, especially as healthcare leaders that we neglect ourselves. And so, you know, a lot of the work that we have to do, I think is what I would call inside work. You know, we know what to do as leaders. We got the actions down, we got the doing part, but it's mm-hmm. the inside work. And making those hard choices, right? Sometimes they feel hard, but they're the right thing to do. And some of that really comes back to taking care of us and making sure that we are the best that we can be so we can give more to others. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes we focus on all the doing. I was just listening, um, you know, to somebody and, you know, be introduced. And there was this litany of things that this leader is involved in. I mean, probably like a two minute you know, recitation of (laughs) everything this leader is doing. And it just came to me that, right, that's just an example of the longer the list of things you're involved in, the more successful you appear to be. Right. And I think it's, I think it's been hurting us, actually. It's a really interesting thought because certainly in healthcare, um, one of the signs of success is how many letters you have after your name, right? How many credentials you have after your name. And as we all know, that doesn't necessarily correspond to leadership ability or skill or or anything like that. So it's about finding that balance so that people absolutely can have those credentials that they need to have and also have what's practical skills and abilities. Um, Tracy, uh, I'll come to you first, but I'm curious to hear what has been your hardest leadership lesson that you have experienced? Oh, wow. That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I think think it is about relationships. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of, you know, the lessons that I had to learn early on that, um, you know, relationships are everything. And that without strong relationships, that you're not going to really get the outcomes that you want. You can be as productive as you want as a leader, right? You can be doing all kinds of things, but really at the end of the day, it's about the relationships you have at all levels of an organization. The relationships with your peers are critically important. The relationships with those that, you know, you're serving your, your team, as well as those that, you know, lead you. And, um, and so I think 
I think it's not a, it was not a natural thing for me relationships. Mm -hmm. I didn't know much about how to be a good partner. So it was quite a journey to learn, you know, that there are certain aspects of partnership that are really, really important. And that as a leader, I don't have to own everything that I'm responsible for, that I have partners that can help me and that I can lean into. And that when you have a strong partnership, you can really leverage that relationship for that shared or common purpose. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you. Michelle, how about you? Well, I would say probably my hardest leadership lesson was um, learning to say no, and I'm still learning to do it. Tracy's going (laughs) to laugh. But I, I tend to be a very, I'm an Enneagram seven. I'm very enthusiastic about a lot of things. <laughs> and, um, and it's so easy for me just to want to be with people and work with people. And um, so there's been times in my life where I've had a lot on my plate and uh, even to the point where I had a pretty significant health event. Um, and so I've really had to learn the value of, boundaries and saying no and staying focused, but it really comes from this place of, I just want to be involved with everything. Mm. But I think it was a hard leadership lesson because what happens is if you take on too much, then you can't be effective at really what you're trying to achieve. And so it's something that I have to be very vigilant about. It's another polarity, right? It's Mm -hmm. being and doing and just also having those boundaries. So that's been my biggest lesson. Yeah. I appreciate you both sharing because certainly uh, we all know that we have those tough lessons or those things that we're still working on as well. And Michelle, to your comment about learning to say no, I'm definitely in the same boat. And I, I know a lot of healthcare professionals and leaders that uh, that would really resonate with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lifelong journey. So let's get into the dynamic balance effect framework. What is it all about? Share with us uh, what you put together. Yeah, sure. So the dynamic balance effect framework is really a unique combination of strategies that Michelle and I have used over the years um, to maintain our own balance um, and, you know, to strive and thrive as leaders. And there's really three pillars that are a part of the framework itself. One is mindful choices. Now, mindful choices kind of encompasses a number of things, but, you know, it's really about values, healthy relationships, healthy communication, um, and also your identity and your beliefs. So it encompasses a number of things. And all that kind of comes down to the guardrails of your life, (laughs) who you want to be with, how you want to be with them what matters most to you. And so really help leaders get clear on those elements and gain some of the skills that they need, right? For healthy dialogue and healthy communication and relationships and those types of things and reconnect with their values and have that guide their life. The second pillar is polarity intelligence. So that's where we really help them to understand what polarities are, how they work, how they can leverage and manage them. And we give them the tools to actually create a blueprint for their managing these tensions that they're experiencing in their professional and personal lives. And then the third um, pillar is personal alignment. So this is really about being aligned with your vision and having a clear purpose, you know, being purpose-driven, um, operating from strengths. We are strong believers that, you know, you're going to, life is a lot easier when you're working from your strengths. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And then habits, because we know we get our habits, whatever they are, we get them, right? We get whatever is a result of them, some good and some bad. Um, And so habits also make actions um, automatic and easier. So we couple that with a lot of the work that we do with the, the polarities. And you really have to have all three of these. Um, in order for them to, you know, in order to reap the benefit of what we call dynamic balance, which is that just that kind of like that Tai Chi flow in your life, right? Where everything just kind of moves as it needs to, but you always feel centered and grounded, but you're moving and flexible in the way that you need to be moving where the energy is taking you, you know, and kind of leveraging all the aspects of your life kind of synchronistically. Um, And, uh, you know, when you have, when you have that, when you're making choices, mindful choices, and you kind of couple that along with the polarity intelligence, right? Then you've got the guardrails of your life and you're, you've got this great balance, right? And you're living intentionally. That's the outcome of that. And then when you have, you know, but if you don't, if you don't have personal alignment, then you're not clear in your goals or where you're headed, you drift, Um, And then if you have the um, if you have the polarity intelligence and you have the personal alignment, right, then, you know, right where you're headed, everything is in dynamic synchrony, you're moving. But if you don't have clarity on your values, then you're not sure what really matters most. You might be going in a great direction, but it might not really be what matters most in your life and your relationships might not really be supporting you in the way that you need them to. And if you only have you know, the personal alignment and the mindful choices, then, you know, while you've got great vision and drive, you're working from your, um, you're working from your strengths and your purpose is clear, relationships are great, but you've got all these tensions that you're experiencing and you don't know how to manage them and you can't get sustainable success. So that's kind of how they all work together. Sounds like a very comprehensive framework. And I can definitely hear how, each element is interrelated and how to your point as what you said around you need all three to be mm-hmm. in that place of balance yeah so how are you applying this framework today well we um we're introducing it to leaders because as we've mentioned we think that they really are out of balance right now and could really benefit from this so we do a couple different things we actually ho- we have a boot camp for healthcare leaders, and um, that introduces them to the dynamic balance effect and gets them started with a blueprint. And then we also have an accelerator uh, mindset program to actually help them even m- move further on applying their blueprint and the dynamic balance effect. And uh, we walk them through what are their beliefs, what are their strengths, so they get very very clear on that. And then we also have a Rise of the Resilient Belts coaching program. So it's it's a it's an ongoing development uh, process, transformational process, and it's been amazing to watch the transformation happen of some of the leaders that have gone through it. And we also have a membership called the Court of Support. So for those leaders that have been through all of our coaching programs, we stay connected every week, and it is a pretty strong and robust support system now because they know each other. They understand the dynamic balance effect and how to apply it in their own life. And, um, and so that's been real rewarding too, to see the impact that it's had and their desire to stay connected. Mm -hmm. I love that you've included that element of community 
into Mm -hmm. your work. It's something that I see brought up quite a bit in the work that I do around, even though there are thousands of healthcare professionals, nurses, respiratory therapists, you know, doctors, whatever, there sometimes is a bit of a gap when it comes to that community, particularly around creating a safe space to do some of this deep work um, and this internal work. And so I really appreciate that that's part of what you do. Well, we learned years ago, Leah, the importance of collaborative work. And when we we were doing our work in healthcare across the United States, we had a consortium of hospitals. And there were hundreds of hospitals and leaders that came together to do deep thinking and deep work. And not all of it was related to the healthcare organization. So it was very personal work that they were doing and growing as leaders. So we learned the power of that really early on. That's beautiful. I think sometimes those who are in healthcare, I mean, it's busy. It's busier now than it's ever been. And sometimes it's hard to create that time and space to do that deep work. And what I'm noticing is sometimes if we can create that time and space for people, it just supports them to take that breath and take that step back and be able to do some of this thinking just in the midst of all the busyness. I think what we're most excited about now is and encouraged about is there are leaders of healthcare systems that are beginning to recognize at this point of the pandemic that they do need to put their attention on the leaders. Mm-hmm. And um, so we also offer a coaching program for healthcare organizations where they can bring their leadership team together to learn these skills, to be thriving, be resilient, be unstoppable Mm -hmm. in the midst of this pandemic. And that's been a whole other community experience because they're actually colleagues that work together. Mm -hmm. And what what they realized in going through the program is you know, they're dealing with the same issues as their colleagues and they really can lean into that community support and have that safe space to, um, to learn more and to develop the skill sets that they're going to need to see themselves through this pandemic. One of the questions that came up from the participants on, uh, on this panel was what keeps you up at night? Well, what keeps me up at night, it's it's what's going to happen to healthcare if we don't start having a different approach in caring for the people that are delivering care and for the leaders themselves. And you mentioned earlier, Leah, that you know one of the things that came up too is just um, people leaving the professions, and it's not unique to one discipline. So. I do think there is a strong call and a strong case for changing how we do things. And I don't want healthcare leaders to go into their problem-solving mindset and have that unipolar thinking during these very challenging times, because we know we're not going to see the outcomes that we Mm -hmm. desire, and they're not going to be sustainable. So it's really the workforce that keeps me up at night right now, leaders and point-of-care providers. Yeah, definitely. Tracy, how about you? Well, I'm going to just be really honest and tell you the first thing that came to my mind was my dissertation. (laughs) That is fair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm at the end of finishing my dissertation and it's the thing that's keeping me awake and keeping me dreaming all night long. (laughs) I, I hear that. I hear that. And I'm sure that probably resonates with a lot of the listeners as well. With the framework, how is it being received? What are you seeing 
in terms of changes with the people that experience this? Well, actually, we are seeing transformational changes uh, in the leaders that we're working with. Um, Everything from major changes to people realizing that they do have agency to make different choices in their life, that they um, can rewrite the stories that they've always been told as leaders. Uh, We've seen people be in sort of stuck and miserable positions to actually opening their eyes and going for what they want or having doors open and having opportunities come to them. Cause I think we're just kind of chipping off the rust that's been there of how I've been as a leader for so long. And so that's been really exciting. So we've seen major transformations, but we've also seen just the gratefulness that thank you for this space and this time to do this self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy and I have really noticed how much leaders are appreciating just the time to do self-reflection because they often don't take time to do that as well. So that's what I would say are some of the major things we're seeing. And Tracy, I don't know what you would add to that. Yeah, I, I think what I would also add is just we're seeing them own their lives. I mean, they are really stepping up and owning the results they have in their life. And making those mindful choices. Like they are finally at choices. Michelle said they're realizing they can make choices. And I think they're prioritizing themselves for the first time in a very long time. They're making time for me. Um, And some of them have lost touch with who they are. They don't even know what matters to them anymore. They've just lost complete touch. They're so busy giving to their families or giving to their careers that they're really just taking time to get in touch with who am I and what matters to me? You know, how did I get lost in all of this? Right. So they're putting Mm -hmm. themselves back on their plate, so to speak. (laughs) And I think when it comes to the teams, it's really been about the collegiality and the, the feeling that I'm not alone, that, you know, they tend to feel isolated even when they work as a management team, but when they are vulnerable with each other, they realize Other people are having the same challenges I'm having. I'm not alone in this. And they're kind of, you know, stepping up to support each other. And that's what I love about it, right? Is they're really stepping in to help each other with these challenges and these, you know, um, these difficult times. Um, And some of them are, they're realizing some of the challenges they have are just challenges they've put on themselves because of the thoughts that they have, the beliefs that they have. So they're changing their beliefs, they're changing their thinking, Um, And it's really creating brand new people. Um, And it's just amazing to watch that. I'm sure it sounds like such incredible impact. And what a difference that you're making uh, for these people or helping them to make. So what is next for the two of you? Well, Tracy's going to finish her dissertation. Yes, (laughs) Yes. important. (laughs) Soon. Uh, But we're also working on a book together, Leah. Okay. We we decided and had, again, this internal nudge that was pretty strong that we wanted to put a book out on polarity intelligence and how it's, you know, the missing logic for leadership. And our goal is to have it done uh, the first part of 2022. We're busy working with an editor now and just chunking it out one week at a time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want it to be just a very valuable sort of like... um, guidebook or field book that leaders can keep handy. And we are always amazed when we introduce polarities um, 
how leaders are unaware of it. And our goal is to make it a leadership competency. So um, that's that's a passion project of ours right now is working on that book. Beautiful. Well, I can't wait to hear when it'll be out and ready for everyone. Um, you bring up such an interesting point around a lot of leaders aren't aware about polarities. And, and I can speak to that in that I was not introduced to polarities and polarity management until I did my master's program. And that was specifically a master's degree in leadership. So I agree. I think it's a gap when it comes to uh, our understanding of leadership and what it's all about and, and what do we need to do to address the polarities that we're, we're seeing and experiencing. So if people want to learn more about the two of you or learn about these your coaching programs or anything else, where can they find you? Well, I, the best place to find us is our website, missinglogic.com. And we also have a podcast. It's called Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. And we talk a lot about polarities and life and balance. And so um, check out our podcast. And then we also have a Missing Logic LLC company LinkedIn page. So we encourage healthcare leaders specifically to follow us there because we keep people posted on our different coaching programs and, um, you know, who's a guest on our podcast that they might find interesting. So that's another great place to follow us at. We also developed a masterclass series for healthcare leaders, and we did this in response when the pandemic first hit, and it is very well attended by healthcare leaders. And so we have now recorded it with workbooks, and we offer it for free. And it's a great way for leaders to be introduced to polarity intelligence and to be given some self-reflection tools and their own blueprints to, to reflect on and to complete. And so we're going to offer that to your listeners, Leah, and we will give you you a link to that where people can register for it and have free access to it because we are very determined to spread the news about um, the dynamic balance effect. Wonderful. That sounds fabulous. And I do hope people take advantage of that to learn more about the work that you're doing and and also learn more about the framework and, and yeah. all of that information that we've covered. So we're going to wrap up. So just in closing, um, any final words of wisdom that you want to offer to the listeners? Well, I just would say that um, keep on learning um, and keep on putting yourself first. And if you haven't, start doing it. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Tracy, any closing closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I would just say... Um, you're not alone. Yeah. That, you know, we know, we know what's happening. We know how hard this is right now. We know that you're suffering um, in these really, really challenging times that all of you as leaders are really doing everything you can to lift up your teams, your staff. And we just want, you know, we've got your back. We're behind you and uh, you're, you're not an unsung hero. We're, we're singing your song, you know, we've got you. And, uh, like Michelle said, take the time for you because you can't serve really well unless you do. And if you fall, everybody's going to fall. You're the linchpin. So take care of you. Mm. Both of you. Very well said. Thank you so much for your time. This has been a lot of fun and uh, I can't wait to hear about how things go for you. Um, I 
just am so grateful for both of you sharing your time and your expertise and your energy. And I am really uh, impressed with the work that you're doing and it is so needed. So, so thank you for putting it out there in the world. Oh, well, thank you, Leah. It's been an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you for this opportunity. It's yeah. been wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us today at Central Line, Leadership in Healthcare. Also, if you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to get to know you on social media, so check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.